Okay. We are in John chapter 7 tonight, verses 10 through 13. And we'll talk about uh, the issue of facing the fear of witnessing, of uh, verbally sharing our faith. Uh, before I do that, don't get in the message. A couple things. We had started Friday, and um, I want to make sure, because I really haven't explained this, but like one time from the pulpit. We're doing a question of the day for 30 days up until revival that's being sent out through email and through our contacts here at church. And the idea is that each day uh, it's just a question just to check your heart. Like the first question was, um, are you born again? And then John, and then there's a verse, John 3.3 3 was with that one. Uh, Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But every day up until revival... There's going to be sent a question and a verse. And it's just something to take some time so that we can prepare our hearts to get ready to uh, have personal revival. And so I encourage you, if you see question of the day has been the line, we may put something like revival preparation or something because I'm sure there's some people probably thought, what is that question? Because I understand that uh, there's a good chance a lot of people didn't even hear me the one day I tried to say something because... Uh, and how I am with a bulletin. Sometimes it's right there and I miss it. But uh, anyway, that... And I also wanted to make a point. Uh, Judy had said, those are beautiful flowers. Where'd those come from? And I happened to look in the bulletin and realized those are in honor of Libby Orfield. And so, uh, you know, we should always remember Dwayne and the family. Uh, thankful for, like A.J. saying, that one day there'll be that reunion, be home. Let's look at uh, John chapter 7, 10 through 13. We stand in God's honor when you find that text. However, after his brothers had left for the feast, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the feast, the Jews were watching for him and asking, Where is that man? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the Jews. Let's pray. Lord, um, sometimes we get tongue-tied. Sometimes fear paralyzes us. We want to say something, but we don't. Help us, Lord. Tonight, as, as we look at this area, give us courage. Father, uh, help us be able to naturally just share within the context of life, our life, you. And So, Father, guide this message. May it be for your glory, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So there was a case here where there were different questions. But they were afraid to talk about Jesus because of the persecution that might follow. Um, I'm all about, within the context of relationships, sharing our faith. And, you know, I admit, it's to me, it's much easier to get to know somebody first and then be able to talk to the Lord about them than it is to just talk to somebody I haven't met or, or um, at all and to jump right in there. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, 
Whereas it is important, this lifestyle evangelism, and it's, it's critical that we live for the Lord, but there comes a time where you do have to say something. Very seldom is it just enough to live before them. There comes a time where usually you have to sit down and say, this is why I'm different. Or this is why I want to talk to you. I'll never forget uh, Cindy and I early in our marriage when we were in Long Island. I worked at UPS early in the morning loading trucks. Wore out several pair of boots running on those grates, I remember. But uh, there was this one guy that worked on the truck next to me. He was just the nicest guy in the world. And I don't know why, but I had just assumed that he was a Christian. He was so nice. And so one day, I just said something to him like, it's so great to have another Christian working near me. He got mad and wouldn't talk to me anymore. Turns out he wasn't a Christian. And it made him angry when I mentioned Christ. I had it all wrong. I thought looking at this guy that he knew Christ, but he didn't know Christ. And it's a shame I had to find out that way. Uh, in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? At one of the Billy Graham training events, as they were preparing for a crusade, uh, one of the training events was to uh, help people in being able to share their faith. And so they just asked them a question. You know, what is it that prevents you from sharing your faith? And out of that, 9% said, it's my time schedule. I'm just too busy to be able to stop and to share my faith. 28% said, I don't feel like I have enough training. I need someone to show me what to do, how to share my faith. 12% said, I'm not living for the Lord, and I would cause more damage than good to tell someone about Christ the way I'm living. But 51% simply said, I'm afraid. And in all honesty, that often happens to us. We become afraid somebody might not like us or somebody might misunderstand us or somebody might get mad at us and, and ostracize us uh, like my uh, uh, co-worker uh, did to me those years ago at UPS. Um, and so tonight I just wanted to look at some biblical advice. No full answers, but I guess some guidelines on helping us deal with that, you know, just that fear sharing our faith. And the first thing is to ask God to fill us with His Holy Spirit. Remember Peter, the guy who jumped before he thought. And Peter found himself, Lord, I will never, ever let you down. Lord, when everybody else runs away, when everybody else is chicken, you can count on me, Lord. I'm your guy. I'll stick with you. But we know what happens. Jesus had told him, you know, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. But Peter said, no way. And yet, that's exactly what happened. And then he realized it. And the Lord looked at him. I believe it was a loving look, but it, it certainly crushed Peter. 
But yet, as you read in Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 13, when it describes Peter and John, we read these great words. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What gave Peter courage? What happened in his life? Well, he was filled with the Holy Spirit after Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit descended and then filled the believers. There was a power that was there all the time that had not been there before for Peter that gave him strength. And it's the same power that's available to us. The Bible tells us that at the moment we receive Christ into our lives, the Holy Spirit makes His home inside. But there's also a different command that tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled literally means to come under God's control. To let the Holy Spirit lead and to be the boss and to guide you. And and, and for the Holy Spirit to be in charge. And, And that's what happened in Peter's life. He became connected to the Lord as the Holy Spirit was in charge of his life. And being filled, he gained a courage that he didn't have before. And that's a courage that's available to us. And that's not to be taken lightly. It's to come to God to be filled. So um, look at a couple of steps here, importance in being filled. First is a time of self-examination. David said in Psalm 139, last two verses, 23 and 24, I love it in the old King James. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, Lord, may the searchlight of your Holy Spirit shine upon my life. And so you just, Lord, help me see it all. I know you see it all. That's kind of the first step. It's just that honesty before God. Sometimes we just push aside the truth of where we really are. And it starts there with that honesty, that self-examination. And following that is a cleansing. It's a confession. Once God shows us where we are, then we need to come clean before Him. Uh, many of you guys know First John 1, 9, uh, where... It, where he talks about uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will cleanse us from our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So once he shows us those areas, next we need to come to God and ask for forgiveness and for that clean new start. And I love that about God, that he always gives us that clean new start. And then thirdly is repentance. Once we ask God to forgive us, then we need to go in His strength to change that area of our lives that He's shown to us that needs to be dealt with. We've asked Him to forgive us. Now it's time to live differently. To live in the power of God. And that leads us to the fourth step, uh, which is simply to ask God to fill us. It's, it's to come to Him in prayer and say, Okay, God, I've come to You and I've asked You to show me areas of my life that need to be cleaned up. You've shown me... I've, I've asked for your forgiveness. I'm, I'm seeking to change. And so fill me with your Spirit, Lord. May your power flow through my life so that I can be your instrument for your glory. This is a key uh, 
in overcoming fear and witnessing. We go through these steps to first put ourselves in a position where we're right before God so that we know that as we go, we go in the power of God. Second step is to pray earnestly about our fear. Psalm 34.4, I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. You know, there are some things we're not sure if it's God's will or not. But he says clearly that he loves all people. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so when we pray to ask God to give us strength and power as we're filled with his spirit to witness, he'll provide a courage that we think we don't have. It's interesting, as I was looking for an example, it talked about one guy that was just, he was afraid all the time. And he just said, God, you've got to give me courage to be able to tell other people about Jesus. I just can't do it, you know. Just I just can't do it. And so he said, God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign. And he'd pray that over and over. Well, he, he sat down on the bus one day, and there was this big, strong guy, brother guy, and he's sitting next to him. And uh, he he's over there, he's reading his Bible, this, this guy, this Christian. And he bows down to pray. And all of a sudden, this big brother man, he starts crying. I mean, just sobbing. He goes, my life is a mess. I don't know what to do. Someone told me about Jesus and that I need to get saved, but I don't know what that means. Can anybody tell me how to get saved? (laughs) And said, this guy said, God, is that a sign? (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. Simply to pray about it. God, help me. God, give me a courage that's beyond what I possess. There are a couple of verses that have always been precious to me when I've been just... And sometimes it hits me. Sometimes I just get scared to death. You'd think I wouldn't, but I do. Um, one is Psalm 138.3. It says, When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. <laughs> I remember I used to pray that, Lord, I don't feel bold and stout-hearted. I feel like a weenie. And another verse is Proverbs 28, verse 1. It says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I can remember, you know, quoting that verse, being scared, and thinking, Lord, make me bold as a lion. You know, make me bold as a lion, you know, because I do not feel bold as a lion. But to simply come before Him and to pray about it. And you know, it's interesting. <coughs> if you really love people, and you pray. Uh, it's happened to me a couple of times where I was really scared to death. But God just, He took care of it. And I have found personally for me that if, if I care about people and I build a relationship, God kind of lays it on my heart. And He kind of guides that conversation. Not that I don't have to speak, but He helps me to know when that's right. I don't know how else to really express that and what he does. But along with that, the uh, next point is to claim God's presence as you go. Of course, the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
That's not to be taken lightly. When you go, you don't go alone. When you go, God goes with you. And there's been many times that I've prayed that, um, and especially when I've gone with somebody else, and we'll say, okay, God, we believe that not only are you going with us, but we believe you've gone before us. Because the truth of the matter is, God's already working on a person's heart. Very seldom do you show up and talk to somebody and boom, immediately they trust Christ. I heard someone use examples like a nail being driven in with a hammer. And you know, often it takes more than one, you know, hit with a hammer. And oftentimes he works through a number of people before that person is in a place where he's ready to receive Christ. And you don't know where that is. You just go in obedience and you go in courage to share your faith and you go with an understanding that you believe God's gone before you and that God is going with you so that what you share is in His power and He's helping you. He's helping you say what you need to say and He's guiding you in that. Um, and you know, I think often along with that is, you know, we get the idea that you need to go to some other country or some other continent. Or you need to do that when you're on a mission trip. And there's value, of course, in doing that on a mission trip. But really our lives are a mission trip. God's put people around you for a reason. And me too. And sometimes we need to stop and ask God, help me see people, Lord. Because it's easy to walk by people every day, but not see them. It's easy to miss an opportunity that God may give you to talk to that person. And you just never know when He will open the door for you to be able to share about your relationship with Jesus Christ with that person. You, you never know when that may happen. And, and so, you know, look around at the people that you work with, uh, your friends, your acquaintances, your neighbors, um, and, and see what He is up to because it's critical. And... Um, the next one here is don't be afraid of making mistakes. Too often we get so worked up and we worry, what's going to happen if I say the wrong thing? Well, you won't be the first person to say the wrong thing. Um, sometimes we all get afraid and sometimes we get tongue-tied. I'll never forget, um, years ago, I've been through, and many of you probably have too, several witnessing type workshops and one of the ones I went to a number of years ago was called Faith which was big in the convention a few years ago and one of the guys that was teaching it I remember he said you know it's important that you you know you learn this presentation there's a lot of good information here but what's most important is that God's working if you mess up it'll be okay and he talked about this one guy. He said he got so nervous. And he spent all this time memorizing the presentation. But then when he got a chance to share the presentation, he got so afraid he forgot it all. And so he, he started to go into that share mode, faith share mode. And he goes, uh, you know, it's an acronym for faith. But he's sitting there, he goes, uh, the word, uh, it's, uh, it's feet, feet. If you, if you want to know Jesus, it's, you need feet. And the guy says, what do you mean? He says, well, feet, F stands for faith. You gotta have faith. 
It begins with you have to trust God, and 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 then you know you, you talk to Jesus because he 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 loves you, and 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 then E is uh, everyone. It applies to everyone, you and me and everybody, just everyone. And and he said third and uh, the next E is a. Uh, Everybody can and can come to Christ and be saved, and and then T he says, "You trust Him now." He said, "Would you believe they got in this long talk about the Lord and the guy became a Christian?" So you don't know what God's up to if you go with the right heart and you're doing your best. God will honor that. And take some time to... I think it's important for all of us to take some time. Think about your story. It is powerful to share your story. And of course that story has three parts. You know, what it was like before Christ in your life. And then the next part is your encounter with Jesus Christ. And then third, how your life has changed since that encounter with Jesus Christ. That is a powerful way to share your faith. Say, you know, this is my story. It is what Christ did in my life. Uh, but along with that, as I close, um, I'm not going to give you a presentation, but I'm going to name five key facts that are an essential part of sharing our faith, I believe. And uh, the first one, is God loves everybody. He loves all people. John 3.16, you guys know it. For God so loved. And who did He love? Just the block over there. He loved the world. He loves everybody. And that is, of course, a great place to start. Because people need to know they're loved. There's a verse, Proverbs 19.22, that has always caught my attention. It says, What a man desires is unfailing love. Better to be poor than a liar. And it's really awesome to know that God says, If, if God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, he says, I, I'm not against you. That's the whole deal of Christ's coming. As he says, I, I've come to rescue you. So he loves us. Uh, next fact. We're all messed up. We're all sinners. That's a key part of sharing our faith. Uh, you know, the truth is, you, you may be better than me, but that's still not good enough. Because the measuring stick is a holy God. And when we start comparing ourselves next to a holy God, we realize how far short we are. And that is an important part. God loves you. But you got a problem, and so do I. And then the third truth, sin must be paid for. Uh, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, sin must be paid for, and Christ has paid that price. And it's important however you share it. Just take time to share that. That I know you're messed up, but God's provided a way out of that problem. It's Jesus. Until then, you guys know about Calvary, 
story this time of year, what it's all about, about the resurrection. Well, tell them about that. That's our story. Jesus Christ. Fourth truth. Um, that Jesus, well, sin must be paid for. And the fourth truth, Jesus paid for your sins. So tell them how he paid for your sins. And then finally, to trust him personally as your Savior. God loves the world, but you don't come in on a group policy. It's a personal matter. Everybody has to come before God personally, individually. You know, I always say that old saying that there's no grandchildren in heaven. The Bible says uh, in John 1 verse 12, Yet to all received him to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It doesn't say grandchildren. And the reason is, you don't get in by somebody else's faith. I don't care how great your parents' or grandparents' faith is. You're the one that stands before God. The Bible says that all of us will die and give account of ourselves before God. And for that matter, um, we need to know what it is when we stand before God that we need. And that's the finished work of Jesus. And that comes not by us being good enough, it comes by us believing in our hearts that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was raised to new life, and that He's forgiven us, set up home here. And and that's that's the hope of heaven. And um, you know, it talks about names written in the book of life. So those components are critical to be shared. However God works through your life, share your personal testimony. Take the time um, to share that God loves you, that there's this sin issue, that sin must be paid for. Jesus has paid for it. And you must personally trust in that, in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, just helping overcoming that fear. Now, that doesn't mean the fear is going to totally go away. But just some help and guidelines. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you we've had a little time tonight to look at an issue that's close to us. Because, Lord, sometimes we are chickens, Lord. Huh. I remember uh, Vance Havner used to say there's a difference uh, between being gold. There's a difference between uh, being golden and, and being yellow. Father, uh, help us, Lord, to live for you. Give us courage when we don't have it. Speak through us in spite of our mistakes. Lord, may we spend time with you, spend time reading your word, spend time in prayer, spend time caring about people. And Father, spend time looking for ways, Lord, to make your message known. And, And that may mean Make it known with words. People need to know you love them. People need to know that you died for that sin issue and that you're waiting. You're waiting with open arms if they'll just bow their hearts and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. And 
Lord, just enter and make me new. Father, you want to do that. So help us, Lord, to look and to learn and to live. And when necessary, Father, to share verbally, Lord. Thank you for this time tonight, Lord, to look at your word. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.